0: Live from Miami, Florida, TheFoodie.com presents WTF, Where's the Food,
1: with your host, Nick.
0: And we are here another week, episode number eight. What's going on? It is Nick, and you're listening to WTF, Where's the Food. I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. Uh, Big show today. I'll get to it in a second. But of course, you can follow us on social media at TheFoodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. And, of course, the website, thefoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. Now, every week, um, along with the episode going up on iTunes, Google Play, and all that stuff, create a blog post that has like kind of a rundown of the show. You get some more details. We got links, recipes, anything we talk about on the show is on the website each and every week. So make sure you check that out right now at foodie.com. Now, speaking of episode number eight, we got a great show uh, for you guys this week. I'm going to be joined by Eric Hernandez, who is now the head brewer at Concrete Beach Brewery down in Woodwood, and Chef Michael Beltron from Ariette in Coconut Grove. They're doing this great dinner series. They call it the Brews Views Dinner Series. It's happening this Friday, November 10th. We're going to talk to them about the dinner series, what to expect for this one, if they got any future ones coming up. Plus, I'm going to get to know both of them each individually, um, so we're going to talk to them. Great, great stuff. also going to talk to Liza from Fat, but skinny, but fat. I just love the name. She's a great food blogger. She's on Instagram. You might follow her already. If you don't, you're going to follow her after you listen to this at fat, but skinny, but fat. We're going to talk to her, find out uh, who's behind the account. Her name is Liza. What a day in the life of Liza is really like. Uh, Some of her favorite spots to eat at in L.A. She's out on the West Coast. The incredible work she does for Food Beast and why uh, you should follow her um, right now. And I got some food news on Franklin Barbecue, KFC Chuck E. Cheese, and, of course, the food porn of the week this week is going to Blondes Who Eat. So are you ready to jump into episode number eight? Because I am. So let's jump right now into my conversation with Eric Hernandez and Chef Michael Beltran. So right now I am joined by Eric Hernandez, who is the head bartender at Concrete Beach Brewery down in Winwood. And also, my good friend, Chef Michael Beltron from Area down in Coconut Grove. They're doing this great dinner series together. This is going to be the second one in the series. It's called the Brews Views Dinner Series. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Now, tell me and tell the listeners how this whole collabo and dinner series came about.
2: Um, well, Concrete Beach contacted us. And we had been contacted a couple of times about doing dinners with either, you know, um, like beer labels or some kind of spirit or whatever it was. I mean, my thing is, is I don't like to partner up with just anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I very much walk into every meeting, like wanting to say no okay. to things. So I met with them and um, and, you know, talking about food, that's very easy. But then to hear them talking about beer was really why we decided to do it. I mean, they're like... I mean, they could sit there and talk about beer for hours, and that's cool. Um, and they're very passionate. So I was like, fuck it, man. Let's do this. Let's, let's, let's do a dinner. The only way I was going to do it, though, is if we did it in the actual brew house. Okay. Because, I mean, I've done beer dinners before, and that's cool. But, like, to do it in the actual brew house— I've never done that before. It's something fact,
0: that people can experience. You can't always eat at the brew house.
2: Right. And the fact that I have no kitchen, it's kind of like makes it very difficult, which mm-hmm. I enjoy. Um, it's just a good pairing. Okay. You know, and I love all their beers. Uh, I mean, I drank all of them in one sitting, which probably wasn't a good idea. Smart. I like yeah. it. I like your style. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that was like the beginning. That was the beginning of it. And then now the, the, the process is to really, you know, all their newer beers to incorporate them into food. It's really like trying to pair the food with the beer. Mm-hmm. You know, not the opposite way, you know.
0: Now does each dinner series kind of have like a theme or it's kind of <laughs> like whatever you're feeling at the moment?
2: I mean, that's just kind of how I cook. I mean, it's tough to say that they have themes like okay. we could call this one post Halloween, whatever, I don't, right. <laughs> I don't know.
3: Yeah, and also our our beer, our tap list changes pretty regularly. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the, the I guess if it was like a theme, it would be like mm-hmm. just the next round of beers that we come out with cuz mm-hmm. we, we're always we have at least we're trying to keep we always keep at least about 16 on tap okay. at the brew house and then uh, on top of our core beers. so you know it's all <clears throat> excuse me it's all about what you know mike kind of finds finds inspiration from from what we brew pretty much and what yeah. do you, what, what's on the menu this time cuz you kind of set the menu ahead of time
2: yeah i mean <laughs> so basically i go in once a month okay and like you were saying they change their beers and all the time you try the beers to kind of see what yeah they're I, try, make. I try older ones ones that have been there for a while, like the Kangalush I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very like specific beer. It needs a specific season. Um, and then all the new stuff, like last time that I went, I was like, hey, you know, I just want to try the new ones. Give me a flight of all the new stuff. And then they forgot to give me like three of the newer things. And I'm like, I need to try these too. And it's just, basically, that's how it starts. And mm-hmm. then from there, I'll go and I'll look at whatever's available through the farms. Okay. And I'll pair through that. I mean, that's, we're gonna cook there the same way we cook at the restaurant, which is everything's gonna be local and season. Um, you know, we take that approach to everything. So whether we do it in a brew house or at the restaurant, it's gonna be the same thing. Mm-hmm. This menu's got some staples for me and some uh some stuff that's like new. You know, we're doing a stone crab setup that's a tartine with Sullivan Street Bakery. Have you tried their bread yet? No, I have not. Well they're they're pretty new and their facility is like state of the art. It's almost like I feel like they're the bread version of Concrete Beach. When I walked in there, I was like, "Wow, this is crazy!" <laughs> and um, you know, we're going to do a tartine with local Florida stone crabs. And uh, a tartine is basically just like an open-faced sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the and stone crab
0: is hot right now. I mean, the season just started, yeah. so I mean, it's yeah, a great I mean, fit. we
2: it was like pretty natural for me because we have a stone crab dish on the menu, mm-hmm. so it's like heavy in rotation in my brain.
3: And what beer would you pair with that?
2: The toasted okay. coconut.
3: And then that's, that's a returning one for us, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, our, our menu for the beer is actually a combination of both traditional and new. And so okay. this, is, this one is our Oktoberfest-style beer okay. with toasted coconut. Um, and that one uh, has been brewed for the last two years. Um, and it's a, it's a hit. We can it. Uh, we just can releases for it. And it's, uh, that's, uh, that came out uh, about a month ago. And so it's been doing very well. In the public house.
0: Cool. So when is the when is the dinner guys? When's the actual date?
3: November tenth. So this Friday, November tenth,
0: how can they get tickets? They can get tickets on the
3: Concrete Beach website and then also through our Instagram too.
0: And uh is when's the next one? Do you have the next one already in the works?
2: No, usually after that. Uh huh. Um after everyone's having like a good time and everyone's real sauced <laughs> up, I'll be like, the next one will be December, whatever. <laughs> so
0: you come up right. on the fly too. Pretty much. And then yeah. Concrete Beaches is just like cool. We're do- done deal. Yeah, I mean you know we uh, all the time. Bit, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they,
2: yeah. It, it's new for them to work with the chef, so it's uh, especially the last you, one. Michael. Yeah, which is a firecracker <laughs> for sure. Um, the last one kind of got pushed back because mm-hmm. of the hurricane. Kurt, mm-hmm. um, you know, we wanted to wait a little bit, so the one that we did yeah. last was almost two months ago. Um, it was, it was like, awesome.
3: Yeah, it was like it was like the second to last week of August. There you go. Yeah.
2: So because of the hurricane and holidays and stuff, it got pushed around. Mm-hmm. It's a Friday, um, even better. Yeah, uh, which you know it's going to be a good time. So can people yeah.
0: stay after the dinner and just yeah. enjoy oh, some yeah. more and,
2: brews? Mm-hmm,
3: they can enjoy brews. We'll, I mean, we're open till uh, two that night, so yeah.
2: You know, I mean, that's be, that's yeah. really when the party starts for me. Yeah, because right? yeah, <laughs> right? you're, you're done. You're, you're I'm just hang done. now. Well, usually yeah. when dinner's like on its way, walking out, it's like. Okay, it's time for my beer. Yeah.
0: Right? <laughs> well, gentlemen, I'm looking forward to the dinner. Sounds like it's going to be amazing. I'm sure all the listeners are going to be looking forward to it. Some seats still available for the dinner, so make sure you get your tickets. Now, before you guys leave, I want to talk to you guys individually a little bit, get to know you guys. So I'm going to start with Eric, who is the head brewer at Concrete Beach Brewery in Winwood. Eric, I know you're not from Miami, Right. Why'd you make the move to come down to
3: Concrete Beach? Well, I'm not from Miami, but my family is. Okay. Um. And so I have uncle. My uncle's here. I have cousins here. Uh, this is actually where my dad lived for a few years when he got here from Cuba. Uh, but then my uncle, my grandfather, uh, was said, "This is just like Cuba. Let's get the hell out of here." <laughs> <laughs> why, why did we? Why are we staying here? Uh, and so we moved. Uh, he moved the family to L.A. So I'm from L.A. Um. And that's where I learned to brew. Um. I've been up to New York. Um. And so I wanted to kind of, I was, you know, I was offered a position here, and I was like, this is perfect. I can go back um, to pretty much where my family's from, more or less, not really, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I have family here, um, and I love the, you know, the, the vibe and the culture down here, um, and I, fi- you know, it, it fits in very well with how I like to brew, which is a little, um, the beer scene here is also, uh, while it's gr- it's so, it's so fast, uh, like, it's growing so fast, it's fast, but it's also still fairly new, mm-hmm. and it, it just, it means that the, uh, people, the customers here are open to all of the weird stuff that kind of has been, I guess, in other markets kind of labeled like drawn out. Mm. And it's it's exciting to kind of see like that fascination again with how people uh, interact with craft beer here. Did you always know you wanted to be a head brewer or work at a brewery? Not, uh, I guess like ten years ago, you, I probably not. Um, no, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna be a dentist. A um, dentist. Yeah. Um, wow. And, yeah, it's quite a change. <laughs> <Dentist. right>? Wow. a <laughs> head yeah. uh, brewer.
2: That's like a serious veer um, left. Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: I was working. I I was a biology major. I was working in a milk lab to kind of like pay the bills until I could go to school, and then I was working in a huge production facility. And I took a, a brewery tour, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, this looks like exactly what I want to do." And these guys are getting paid. So why can't I do this? And so I applied everywhere. Uh, I got lucky. Um, a brewery was looking for an inexperienced brewer, and it's just been kind of uh, a wild ride since then. That's awesome. Do you have yeah. like a favorite kind of beer like or style beer? You know, they're like children. I like them all. No. no um, <laughs> I have one kid, so I can't pick right, one. Right, so yeah, that's you my only favorite. have one. <laughs> um, like my, like uh, a beer that I will always really like is a really true traditional Pilsner, um, like kind of like an old German style. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really love Belgians, um, but also, you know, I'm a, I'm still a sucker for palos and IPAs too, but uh, at the same time, I, I really, it depends on how I'm feeling for the day. Like if I'm feeling that I really want a stout, I'll go for a stout and it's just, it's really how I feel for the day. But I, you know, I haven't met a beer yet style wise that I didn't like. Cool. And so mm-hmm. you said that the,
0: the beer scene in Miami is growing now. Mm-hmm. Is there something you've seen, you know, in other cities that you would like to see come to Miami?
3: Yeah, um, I mean, absolutely. I'm so I, I'm, from Los, you know, I'm from Los Angeles. I've brewed in New York as well, um, and both of those have strong brewing communities. And, it, and I see it happening here a lot. The breweries are really working together and coming out, and it's a lot of fun to see that happen. And in New, and then at the same time, these types of beer dinners are huge in those cities, um, and they're you know high, uh, you know they're really fun to be a part of. A lot of people show up, and I'm hoping that this kind of continues to grow through that um bringing in food and beer together because right now i think a lot of people still think that beer is a, a, a you can't pair beer with food in not true in a yeah but like people have this like misconception where i think but like I oh, think Budweiser, yeah, like, oh no, it's just beer kind. you know you're yeah. not gonna pair a fine beer with a steak but you can and you know i think that this is that kind of like a huge step in that direction now
0: you're gonna hate me for this question but do you <laughs> have a favorite beer at Concrete Beach? Um, I have a favorite beer on
3: tap now. How about okay, that? Okay, um, it's it's one of our it's Same our answer. <laughs> <laughs> Um it's our it's a it's a beer called Bouvilet. Um Ooh. it is a Belgian beer de garde um with I'm sorry, it's a French style beer de garde brewed with Belgian yeast and a little bit of uh, wine must at the end, also aged on French oak chips and that actually survived the hurricane. So it's oh, awesome. called it Hurricane Lagerd. <laughs> um and it's it's a beautiful beer. It comes in at 8% it's very amber and bright, uh, and it's just a very nice kind of melting of oak and that Belgian uh, flavor, and it's, it's one of my favorite beers right now in tap. That's
0: awesome. where, where do you see yourself kind of like in, in Concrete Beach in the next five years?
3: Oh, only growing. Um, I think that we're on the right track. We're hitting, you know, we're in the right area. Miami is a huge, is becoming a very accepting of craft, craft breweries, mm-hmm. and I think people really enjoy our beers, and I want to continue to have people enjoy our beers, and also I want to continue pushing the envelope of what we make here uh, and bringing in other types of brewing techniques, um, things that I've learned throughout my years of brewing and seeing what people, how they, uh, how they react with the customer base here.
0: Eric, thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing you around the brew house. And of course now a good friend of mine, chef, Michael Beltron from Ariette. Now, Michael, I know this might be a stupid question for you, but tell the people, um, the listeners right now, a little bit about yourself. If they've never heard of you.
2: Uh, I'm the chef owner of Ariette restaurant in coconut Grove. Uh, born and bred in Miami. Um, you know, grew up in Little Havana, went to Columbus for high school. Um, I'm as pretty much as Miami as it gets, and we opened up Ariette almost two years ago. We'll be two years old in January. Um, we cook New World American cuisine. Uh, basically, it's uh, the idea behind the food is local, seasonal, fresh, but with uh, a good base and technique. We don't we don't waste a lot of time. Unlike smoke and mirrors, our food mm-hmm. is real. Um, it's, you know, we do big bold flavor, and you know it really is a good representation of our city as a whole. Yeah, and uh, you have some
0: Cuban influences as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm Cuban American. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I grew up uh, drinking Cuban coffee and eating pastelitos and croquetas, uh, and uh, croquetas, and all that. right? All the good stuff. <laughs> so there's no way that you can get away from your heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, What I would say is that our our food isn't Cuban, but it's definitely created and conceptualized and put together by a kid that's born and raised Cuban-American and from Miami. Um, There's a lot of French technique, a lot of Italian techniques, a lot of like rusticity with the old world of food, but with kind of like a new world approach.
0: Now, did you know you always wanted to be a chef growing up, or how would you kind of fall into it? No,
2: I didn't know that at all. I actually have a degree in criminology sociology. I had um Another twist. Yeah, <laughs> there's always a twist. I mean, uh, I went to college 100% because I wanted to play football, okay. and that's what I did. And, um, you know, I'm, I've, I've, I'm very much like there's always, like, someone puts a mustard seed of, like, hope in you when you're a kid, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to be a football player. And I, I didn't care where I went to school. I went to a town that had less people in it than my neighborhood, in Miami. Okay. So from there, there, it's funny that when I was in college getting a degree that I don't use, (laughs) um, like all of us, like everyone, like 99% of the world, I started working in restaurants there when I was 18. Um, and I did pretty much everything, you know, waited tables, worked behind the bar dishwasher, fry cook all nine. So there's really where not only did I, gain an appreciation for the whole thing Mm -hmm. like food as a whole but just like the kind of work that it is you know my family is a family of cooks Mm. my grandfather owned a bakery in cuba and he's 89 years old he still cooks three times a day um but that didn't really hit me until i was in college and i was like you know this is cool i can do this i'd rather not sit and look at books all day it's this is really more my speed so that's when it started for me
0: and for someone who's listening to this and it's kind of like, I want to be a chef, but I'm not sure. Do you have like some advice that you got along the road that could help, you know, make that decision for them?
2: Yeah, I would say turn off your TV. It's not, It's this isn't a game <laughs> it's show. It's not Food Network. It's not a reality TV show. This we're is real life. Right now. Yeah, we're not <laughs> on this is This is real life. You're going to have to get on your hands and knees and clean the floor and wash dishes. It's real. So everyone I say that's going to go to school or whatever, I would say spend a month in a restaurant. Donate your time. You're not going to get paid. Because you don't deserve to get paid, mm-hmm. you're going to go in there and you're going to learn whether you really want to do it or not. So, you know, I know plenty of kids that are like, you know, I want to do this, I love it. They just I they love. look,
0: they see Food Network and they want to be, you know, the next star, you know, right? I mean? And
2: it's all fake. Yes, you know, like that's not real life. Like you don't get 45 minutes to chop an onion. You know, of course I'm, not. I'm giving you 45 seconds. <laughs> so, you know, I I always encourage people like before you make that leap to go to school for this, go hang out in a restaurant. See if you're okay with the heat, with the time, the pressure, and see if, like, food is really your passion because that old mantra, like, you really got to love it, that shit's for real. Mm-hmm. You really got to love it because if not, you know, you're going to end up working out like Chipotle, which there's nothing wrong with that. I, I love, love Chipotle,
0: Chipotle but right? I get it. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have a favorite dish at the restaurant right now?
2: No, nah, I mean, I don't know. They're all my babies. Like, they're all children to me. I had to answer that question. Yeah, I wait, know. Wait, wait. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna veer away from it. I'm gonna say that the dishes that mean the most to me are the ones that have lasted the longest. So, like our foie gras dish, mm-hmm. and we talked about it before. Um, like that dish, I came up with that dish seven years ago, and I worked for a very famous guy that's like a mentor to me, and he had a famous foie gras dish too, and he was like, Wow, this is fucking delicious, but we can't serve it because I got my own. I was like, Cool. So it sat in my my notebook for seven years mm-hmm. and I never did it again until, you know, we bought that property and we said, we're going to open a restaurant here. And, you know, I did a tasting dinner and I did it and it was kind of like everything that I remembered in a little bit more. So that foie gras dish with smoked plantains and temptation caramel, like that dish is like very Miami, mm-hmm. but it's also very French because... I don't know any Cubans that are eating foie gras, like, on a regular. (laughs) So, you know, that, our short rib is kind of like one of our staples. Um, It's a nine-day process. It's very involved, but it's very simple. Like, when you see it on a plate, it's just like a short rib with shaved vegetable salad. But it's really, you know, the brining for seven days, the smoking, the roasting, that whole, like, very involved but very simple look is – It's also a good representation of who we are also. Now,
0: speaking of your mentor, tell people who your mentor is.
2: I got a couple. Um, Or who's
0: the top? We'll just do one.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Norman Van Aken to me was, he's kind of like my culinary godfather. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think a lot of Miami should feel the same way because Miami, the culinary map of Miami would be very different if he didn't exist. Correct. You know, 30 years ago, that guy changed the game. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, we're going to go away from this like country club food and we're going to think outside the box and I'm pretty much going to do whatever the fuck I want and how I want it. Mm-hmm. And he changed everything. He changed perception and uh, he changed the way people eat and the way people look at farms. So that guy taught me a ton. Um, Michael Schwartz was, is also in the same breath for me uh, and some other guys too. But those two guys, you know, they're not only are they big parts of my life, but they're pillars in the culinary community here. Yeah. hundred you know, percent. We can be like, all this new shit is really cool, but those guys- like started it. They're, yeah, they're, they are the forefathers, if you will.
0: The founding fathers, I would say. Yeah, right, exactly. Now, what are some spots you'd like to eat at in Miami besides your restaurant? Proof. Proof. Okay, proof love Proof. Pizza and
2: pasta. That guy's, like, his food is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. That guy-
0: I feel like it's kind of under- like, Super, super, super underrated. Super
2: underrated. It's crazy. It'll get me super jacked up. I'm not going to jump into <laughs> it, but it's, like, super underrated. The guy is incredible. The food is incredible- it's the only restaurant I frequent within every 10 days. Wow. It's also close proximity, but whatever. It's very good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very good. I'm <laughs> really The local craft food and drink, Phil Bryant, super underrated also. Awesome. The guy's a fucking G. Um, I also worked for him for a long time. He's also a Norman's guy, too. Um, you know, I think Mandolin, when you look at like the bigger scale of like big restaurants, people that Restaurants that are always packed, and it's crazy Mm -hmm. what Roel, Tony, and Brian are doing there. Incredible food, always consistent, Mm -hmm. super old school. You know, there's probably a couple more, but those are the ones that I go the most. Yeah.
0: Okay, now if you had one wish, what would it be? Just random.
2: One wish. One wish. that someone would destroy yelp headquarters <laughs> is that okay can i say that of course you could is there, are they sponsors here
0: no they're not <laughs> they're not sponsors of the show that's good
2: that's good <laughs> yeah destroy the whole headquarters but make sure everyone's out of it i don't want to hurt anyone <laughs> just like this is the headquarters. safety, first. Day it's safety first right
0: now where do you see yourself in the restaurant in the next five years or do you see yourself opening more restaurants
2: yeah i mean we have a, a fast food concept that we have on the horizon we have uh, uber fine dining concept that we have on the horizon also. Uber fine dining? Uber fine dining. Got it. You know like a lot of people tell me area it's like very fancy I don't think so. We're I don't very, think so either. We're very approachable. It's fun. We play Biggie and Outkast. I mean you Buddy got Waters. tofu
0: picadillo on the menu. I mean, yeah let's not go back to that. I, I just had to. I, had well, to. I know you had to do that but
2: <laughs> yeah no we have tofu picadillo and I'm very proud of it. Um You know our idea is growth organically in the right way. Um, we don't want to expand too quickly. We also want to understand that whether we open a fast food place or a fine dining place, the focus is always good product and good service. Um, so really it's like understanding those fundamental elements and building off of that. So where I want to be in five years is looking over those three things and saying, we did a bang up job.
0: Well, tell people how they can find you and follow you and the restaurant.
2: You can follow the restaurant at Miami, uh, both on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, you can follow me at, at Pig Inc. I'm a pretty fun follow. I think.
3: <laughs> Eric, tell people how they can follow you and the brewery. Uh, the brewery is uh, Concrete Beach FL um, at Facebook and Instagram, both of those. And then I'm Ehernah19. I am eherna 19 i do not have a good name, <laughs> but if you want, you can. I think that's yeah. a great name. Don't, don't doubt by yourself, okay?
0: <laughs> and thank you guys so much for coming on the show. appreciate you both. Thank you. A big shout-out to Eric Hernandez and Chef Michael Beltran. Make sure uh, you guys are checking out that Brews Views dinner series happening this Friday. Some tickets still available. It's going to be great. And uh, make sure you go to Concrete Beach Brewery. It is amazing if you're in the Miami area, Wynwood area. So, so good. And, of course, Ariette in the Coconut Grove area. So how about we jump into some food news? So Franklin Barbecue has been closed for over two months now. Um, Due to a fire they had in late August, now they're planning to reopen as soon as the week of November 14th. Get this. The restaurant will not be back in full force, though, as it will only be cooking up 75 briskets a day instead of the normal 120. But Franklin's is hoping to be back in full service in December. Now, Chuck E. Cheese has added a new pizza, guys. It is uh, pretty amazing. Chuck E. Cheese is now offering their Cheetos Mac Cheesy Pizza. Now the cheese pizza is loaded with macaroni and cheese and then topped with crunchy Cheetos. Now this Cheetos Mac Cheesy Pizza is available now until the end of the year. So um, take your kids to Chuck E. Cheese if you want to try the Cheetos Mac Cheesy Pizza. And Reese's Peanut Butter Cups have something new. They call it the Outrageous Candy Bar. Check this out the new candy bar features Reese's Pieces stuffed inside of a chocolate bar that is filled with peanut butter and caramel. Sounds amazing. Well, the worst part about it is that the candy bar is not going to be available until May next year. So Reese's, if you're listening, please send some my way. I would love to try it live on the show on WTF Words of Food. Now, we all love fried chicken, right? But we hate the smell. and We don't want to smell like it, right? Well, KFC thinks we do. So KFC has collaborated with Japanese retailer Village Vanguard to create a limited edition bath bomb guaranteed to leave you smelling like their 11 herbs and spices. Now, the bomb is shaped like a golden drumstick, and you can only win it because they will not be sold anywhere. And uh, if you want to win it, you have until November 15th to enter to win Via Twitter. Now, Carl's Jr. is jumping into the Crazy Shakes game. Carl's Jr. is testing a new Jolly Rancher shake in Southern California and in Birmingham, Alabama. It has actual pieces of Jolly Ranchers mixed in the shake with additional bits on top of the whipped cream. And if this is something you just need to have, fear not. Carl's Jr. is planning on launching this nationwide sometime next year. And the pastry chef, Dominique Ancel, has officially opened up his new bakery and restaurant in L.A. And to celebrate, he has a new dessert, people, which is making the rounds on Instagram right now. Um, It's basically an avocado toast ice cream that looks just like the real thing. Now, the toast base is a shortbread cookie topped with ricotta mascarpone ice cream. An avocado ring of avocado and olive oil ice cream is rested on top, which is then garnished with freeze-dried raspberries, dragon fruit, olive oil, and sea salt. And you can see this masterpiece for yourself on thefoodie.com right now or on Instagram. I just posted it at thefoodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Now that's all the food news for this week. Now how about we take a quick break and listen to some of our favorite sponsors from the show. Now, if you're born and raised in Miami, just like me, then chances are you were raised on croquetas and drank café con leche before you could even walk, right? I mean, it's in her blood. Well, Martha of Miami has everything you need to represent your Latin pride. Her designs will have you saying, that's Miami AF. If you're from Miami, you know exactly what that means. So make sure you check out Martha of Miami today at MarthaOfMiami.com or on Instagram at MarthaOfMiami. But first... Let's have some cafecito. And I'm wearing some Martha in Miami right now. Head to toe. I got the hat. I got the shirt. I even got the pin. And check this out. Here's what she did. Something special for our WTF Where's the Food listeners. Check this out. You can get 15% off your order right now using the coupon code WTF. That's WTF get 15% off your order right now at marthaofmiami.com. They have some great gear you're going to love it. If you're from Miami, you love Martha of Miami. And you love her gear, so make sure you check her out marthaofmiami.com or on Instagram marthaofmiami and of course 15% off right now. Use the coupon code WTF Guys, so uh, there's this really amazing meal delivery service I need to tell you guys about, and it's called The Yielding Seed. I love The Yielding Seed. I use them daily, people. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, they do it all and do it all well. No need to go to the grocery store and buy ingredients to make your food. They bring the meals to you so you can spend more time doing the things you want to do and less time trying to meal plan. I can tell you personal experience like I've been saying, I use them regularly. It's the best tasting meal delivery service in the Miami area. I juice with them. I eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner for them. I do it all. You can sign up for the traditional plan or the paleo plan. There's something for everyone, people. The Yielding Seed takes great pride in providing chef-prepared, freshly made meals each and every day for each and every one of their clients. You want to have the Yielding Seed. So what are you waiting for? And Sign up today at theyieldingseed.com. You'll thank me later. Take it from me. I love the Yielding Seed. So make sure you sign up right now at theyieldingseed.com. So on the show, I try to bring you the person behind the Instagram account you follow or the blog you follow and get to know them so you can get to know them and know who's actually posting the pictures. This week, I'm talking to Liza. You might follow her at Fat But Skinny But Fat. We're going to talk to her right now, find out who is Liza, what a day in the life of Liza is like, some of her favorite spots to eat at in L.A. because she is down in the West Coast, some of the incredible work she does for Food Beast and why you should follow her. So let's jump into my conversation right now with Liza from At Fat But Skinny But Fat. Hey, Liza, how are you?
1: Hi, thank you so much for calling me and taking the time.
0: So on Instagram, you are known as fat but skinny but fat at fat but skinny but fat, which is such an amazing handle on so many levels. So how did that name come about?
1: (laughs) You know, I get asked this question all the time. Because usually when people come up to me, they're like, oh, uh, how can I find you on Instagram? Where can I follow you? And I I hand them my business card, and they go, fat, but skinny, but fat. And the first initial reaction I get is a laugh. And they go, how'd you come up with that? So no lie, I was sitting on my living room floor one day, and I was just thinking of the phrase cute but psycho but cute. It's kind of popular in today's culture, I guess. You see it on T-shirts and grew on Instagram. And I was thinking, I was like, girls, like, they say they're fat but they're really skinny. And I was like, hey, fat, but skinny, but fat. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get this Instagram handle. So I remember running into my roommate's room being like, I have the best idea for an Instagram. Uh, it's going to be a food Instagram and it's called fat, but skinny, but fat. And I remember actually using my old work email to get the name. And I was like, I can't believe no one else has this name. I, th- I thought I was so genius, but <laughs> really no one just, I guess, thought of it. So, yeah, that's how it kind of came to fruition. I
0: mean, hats off to you because Fat But Skinny But Fat is such an epic name.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Everyone kind of like is like, are you fat but skinny? Or they don't really know what to call it at first. Like a lot of my friends are like, oh, fat but skinny fat. And I was like, no, it's fat but skinny but fat. So I have to correct (laughs) them a lot of the time. But it's really fun kind of, you know, seeing what people you know, read into it.
0: So Liza, you have this great food account, but I know that's not all you do. So tell people listening right now, what is a day in the life of Liza?
1: (laughs) A day in the life of Liza. Ooh, people are going to fall asleep. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Okay. So um, I am originally from San Diego, California. Um, I left a little bit uh, to go to the University of Arizona. I majored in journalism. After that, um, I came out to LA. I kind of knew I always wanted to be in entertainment. Um, so I first got an internship at E! News. And Look at you. That kinda, <laughs> yeah, so that kind of turned into my current job. Um, so currently, um, I'm an associate producer for E! Entertainment's live events. Uh, so we cover uh, red carpet shows and awards. Um, so basically we're the ones who produced the Live from the Red Carpet Awards with Juliana Rancic and Ryan Seacrest and all the big celebrities you see, um, on E! Some days, uh, you know, it's super hectic and crazy and we're trying to pull together footage for the show. Um, obviously the closer we get to show days, the more hectic it is. Um, it's just, it's honestly no days the same. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what my, my week looks like. Um my weekends are obviously more centered around food. Um, I'm always kind of texting my friends, um, seeing what they want to do for brunch, kind of giving them suggestions of what we want to do. And um, I'm really lucky that a lot of my friends are super into, uh, you know, trying new things, kind of seeing what's new in the LA area. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what my life is like.
0: It's so interesting. Cause when, when you follow somebody, you really don't know their backstory. And that's why I bring people like you on, get to know their story, their backstory, and listeners get to find out who these people are, who they really are, and what else they do um, that they follow each and every day on Instagram, and it just happens that you have an awesome job at E! News. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Now, any plans to start a fat but skinny but fat blog?
1: Um, You know what? I haven't. Uh, I would love to start a blog. No um, time. Right now. Which, uh, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I don't have a strict timeline for this. Um, It was something that I started kind of as a creative outlet. And it's just fun for me, honestly. And I'm just kind of seeing kind of where it takes me. I'm along for the ride just as much as my viewers are. And um, yeah, so no concrete plans as of yet to start a blog. Um, I would love to. I'm not opposed to that idea. But right now, I'm just kind of riding the wave at this Instagram.
0: And if you haven't followed Liza on Instagram yet, you should. Right now, you can follow her. At fat, but skinny, but fat on Instagram. And on either Tuesday, Thursday, you do this video segment where you taste like food from other countries, right? And you kind of give it your kind of review, like a food review, but a fun food review. How'd this, how'd you start this?
1: Yeah. Okay. So it's funny because it actually started here in the office. Um, One of our writers brought in um, every year, Lays does uh, do it. Chip flavors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so um, she brought in, she found the newest uh, chip flavors at Subway when she went on lunch. So she brought them back in and we were all trying them out. And I'd seen um, other people on Instagram kind of do these cute little things on their story where they kind of screenshot the picture and they add text overlay and then they screenshot it again and add another text overlay. So when you click it really fast, the picture stays the same, but text changes. Mm Mm-hmm. And I thought that idea was so cool and I kind of wanted to play around with it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make this random taste test and see how it goes. And I'm going to use that same format. It's really cool. And it's a fun way to engage everyone that follows me.
0: And now you live out in LA. So what are are your, some of your go-to spots out in LA?
1: (laughs) Okay. So, oh man, this is a tough question because obviously it depends on what you want, but, um, I guess I'll just name off some of my favorites. Uh, for Mexican, there's Taco Tum- Tacos to Madre in Westwood. Um, honestly, some of the best breakfast burritos I've ever had. Great tacos as well. Um, for brunch, I'm a Westside girl, so I love going anywhere um, in Venice or Santa Monica. I should branch out to the Eastside more, but two of my <laughs> favorites are Rose Cafe and Tasting Kitchen. Um, donuts, it's funny because there's a really big donut competition, I feel like, in L.A. Um, a lot of people have their favorites. My personal is Blue Star Donuts. Um, I think they're amazing. I think their flavors are so different, and you should definitely try those if you come to L.A. Um, Italian, or they could just open in, in of- Miami
0: because, you know, that's, donut that's is the cool. new craze down here. It's so weird.
1: Oh, really? It's, it's just kind of getting over there for you guys.
0: Yeah. It's just that's like I feel like we're late to everything.
1: I mean, you know, L.A. is uh, the forefront of the world. No, I'm just totally
0: kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, I mean, L.A., too, New York, uh, I get it.
1: Yes, yes, we do. We do take the lead on a couple things, but yes, definitely. If there were a donut shop to open in Miami, it should be Blue Star um, Italian, which is kind of a big overarching uh, genre. Uh, I would say Bestia, um, which is really well known in LA. Honestly, their Italian really takes the cake. It's so different, but kind of authentic at the same time. So it's it's a really um, it kind of shows both spectrums really great. Um, and then John and Vinny's unreal Love John and um, unreal okay so you've been yes oh it's so good I remember my first time I went back three times that week because it was just <laughs> three so good times. enough three <laughs> times I swear but also if you want a good celebrity sighting and you're coming to LA John and Vinny's is amazing for that every single time I go I see someone cool so and I'm like the awkward fan in the back like trying to sneak a pic <laughs> but fine. um Sushi, uh, definitely Wabi Sabi. It's a really cool spot on Kinney. And then I have to go a little bit basic. Um, I'm going to say Sugarfish. It's unreal. (laughs) I like like Sugarfish. There's nothing wrong with Sugarfish. Okay, thank you. Thank you for the backup. Um, But yeah, so those are just a couple of my favorites. I get a lot of people DMing me being like, I'm coming to LA, where should I go? And um, those are my top. Oh, I forgot. I forgot because my favorite meal in the entire world is Bagel Locks. And my favorite big old locks you can get at Wexler's Deli. There's a location downtown and then Santa Monica. So that definitely takes the cake. There for you me. go.
0: Sliding her DMs for some <laughs> restaurant recommendations if, if you need any. Yes, but definitely. We'll post it on the blog right now thefoodie.com, T H E F O O D dash E dot com. Liza, um, what's your go to cocktail?
1: Oh, that's so easy. Uh, spicy margarita.
0: Spicy margarita. So you make these at home?
1: Well, I mean, I don't make it. I order it. Oh, they okay, make it okay. 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 I got
0: you. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Do you like to cook? If I was
1: going to make it, I, I, Oh, I love to cook. Um, I'm not amazing at cocktails. I should probably take a class just to like seem a little bit more cool, but, um, I do love to cook. I cook all the time. Funny because during the week I actually try and stay a little bit more on the healthy side, just so on the weekends I can splurge and not really worry about it.
0: Now I know, uh, you were just in Nashville. Do you have a favorite city or is Nashville now your favorite city in the U.S.?
1: Oh, that's a tough question. um, I have so many more places I want to visit. Um, I actually just got back from Sydney, Australia two weeks ago. I think two weeks ago, yes. Look at you. um, (laughs) Nashville uh, came shortly after. But my favorite city I feel like in the entire world would definitely have to be Sydney, Australia. Um, I actually went there when I was abroad, and I fell in love with it. Um, I think that they have such an amazing cafe culture. Um, It's really unparalleled from what I've witnessed. Everyone is just on their own time, and... Um, kind of laissez-faire attitude and I don't know they they do brunch like no other and I'm a brunch girl so I ha- <laughs> definitely have to do that um, that's my favorite city in terms of international I would definitely say Nashville is a new favorite um, I was telling you earlier that I definitely had a religious experience um, at Hattie B's hot chicken mm, I, so I couldn't even talk <laughs> because I kept eating and I, I was crying because it was just such a beautiful moment not because I couldn't handle the heat. So. <laughs>
0: Now, you also do some work for Foodbeast, right?
1: I do. Yes, I do.
0: Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Um, so basically, um, I am a um, contributor for Foodbeast. So it's kind of on the side of my normal job. Um, they kind of send me out where they need to cover events, and I cover articles for them um, about recent food-related news. And it's it's been really awesome. The team is so fun. Um, there's never, you know, a boring moment with them. As you can see, they're just great people to work with. And, um, I'm definitely happy to, you know, go anywhere they send me. So it's been (laughs) really fun and it's just, it's just such a great side gig. Um, and yeah, they, I felt like, um, they really just share the same kind of sarcastic tone that I do. And so it's really great to kind of work with like-minded people.
0: That's so awesome. Now, Liza, tell people why they should follow you and how they could follow you.
1: Why should someone follow me? Um, okay, I'm not going to preach to everyone why they should follow me. I think, listen, if you want a good time, if you're, you know, um, if you're looking for kind of a comedic relief, you're not that serious of a person, definitely head on over and give my page a look. Um, It's just kind of a comedic play on food. And, you know, it's just kind of something i've dreamt up and i you know the people that do follow me are so great they're always so interactive um so definitely join the stop Listening about fat community um <laughs> the one thing i will say that is not invited are food puns i'm a strictly no food pun kind of girl come on so, if that's what, no no food puns the absolute worst thing you can do is make a donut pun Ooh, ab- <laughs> no, no 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 the worst absolutely worse or be a vegan but i also uh (laughs) i don't hate i don't hate um (laughs) but if you want to follow me you can head over to instagram and type in at fat but skinny but fat um you won't be disappointed you know join along for the ride it's fun not serious and i hope you all come and i can meet you and talk to you
0: eliza thank you so much for taking some time out truly appreciate it and make sure you follow her now fat but skinny but fat A big thank you to Liza from Fat But Skinny But Fat. Make sure you follow her right now at Fat But Skinny But Fat. And now let's jump into the food porn of the week. This week, it's coming to us from Blondes Who Eat. You can follow them right now at Blondes Who Eat. And they just posted this amazing carrot cake from True Lux in Dallas. Um, No word if this, this cake is available down here in Miami or the Fort Lauderdale locations of True Lux. But it is just incredible. I love carrot cake. I'm a huge fan of carrot cake, and just caramel dripping off the top. It's five layers. Holy crap! It is amazing. It is mouth watering. It is incredible. You gotta see it for yourself on Instagram right now at the foodie t h e f o o d e and of course follow at blondes who eat. And thank you guys for uh, posting that great picture. That's why you guys are this week's food porn of the week. And that's it. That is all. That is episode number eight. I thank you guys so much for listening each and every week. This is episode number eight. A big thank you to my guests, Eric, Michael, and Liza for coming on the show. I truly appreciate you guys. Of course, you can subscribe, download, listen, all that good stuff. iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. We are there for you. If you're listening on iTunes, appreciate it. You can leave us a review, a couple stars, <clears throat> five stars. I would love you forever. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at TheFoodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Of course, we've got a great website, TheFoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. My name is Nick. You can follow me personally on my personal Instagram, at Nick on the radio. And, of course, WTF, Where's the Food, is part of the Vibe Media Podcast Network. My name is Nick. Thank you again for listening. Uh, great episode number nine on the way so look out for that next tuesday we'll talk next tuesday again and always remember to hashtag never stop eating